You are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. Like Welcome to Anything is Potable. The Boston Celtics podcast here on The Athletic Network. I am Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. And I am joined, as always, by Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic. You may know him as The Kid. The God, the legend. He has given himself all of these nicknames. The hero. Jay King. The hero. That's a new one. And we are also joined by uh, another Jay. I would say the the triumvirate, uh, the third Jay. No, I would say my more of the third Jay. The original reigning Jay, John Corrales from MassLive.com has joined us. And we are going to be doing some special things tonight. Uh, we did it for the two past seasons. We're going to predict the outcome of every single Celtics game in the remaining season. So that's right, all eight games. I was going to suggest scrimmages, but I thought you guys wouldn't go for that. But we're going to do all eight games <laughs> and then the playoffs. We're going to, you know, tell it as it is. We're going to have predictions. We're going to, There's going to be revenge. Uh, it's going to be a, a wild experience. And so um, we brought everyone together. John, thank you for coming on. How excited are you to get in the predi- back in the prediction business? I mean, and how much do you miss us? I don't at all. I, <laughs> I feel I don't like buy it. I don't buy it. I no, I feel like I've I've been thriving a lot on my own. I've really spread my wings and I've grown a lot. I've recognized that, you know, you know, when you get out of a relationship, you look back and you've made so many compromises in that relationship and you kind of lost sight of who you are. It's that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> Yeah, so no, we're, the, we're the super hot ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course I miss you guys. I miss I miss the podcasting. I even miss Jay storming into practice facilities saying, what up, What's up motherfuckers? <laughs> that is a great, great way to enter the, the practice. Jay, facilities. do you not do that on the Zoom calls? Like when you arrive you on the Celtics Zoom do calls? You should do that on the Zoom calls. Just start yeah, screaming. The, but I'm muted. They mute all of us at the start. So I can't even do that if I wanted to. I would just be screaming at myself. What's up, <laughs> motherfucker? Which, which, now that I think about it, I may on, start doing. You're on camera anyway, so I just want to see you mouthing, what's up, motherfuckers? You know what? I might start like typing it in the chat, the Zoom chat. <laughs> I'll type it instead of instead of saying it out loud. My one of my favorite things now is watching like we're all in our own homes. So like there's just seeing people like in their own environments is a little fascinating to me. It's also great that at least one person on every single Zoom call forgets to unmute themselves when oh, they're asking a question. Oh my god. And oh, that's uh, oh! If you guys have been in corporate America, the forget to unmute yourself on a conference call is my god, the funniest thing that happens every week. <laughs> <laughs> every call, the, the 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 call that the thing coming back like, oh, sorry, forgot to unmute myself, and everyone has a nice chuckle because you know what, we've all been there. Oh man, I don't miss it one bit. But it's it's exciting that you guys are back on the Zoom calls. The Celtics have still, you know, just not extended the invite to me. You know, they don't want me on there asking the controversial questions. So it's a, uh, but it's, it seems like a good time. I wish Jay was saying, what's up, motherfucker. I would feel like a back to normal. But, and so we're trying to get back to normal. We just had a, a whole discussion on the Locked On Celtics podcast um, about our thoughts on the, on the season returning and kind of all the ver- different variables at that play for this podcast. If, so if you want to hear all the thoughts on that, go listen to that episode of Locked on Celtics. But for this podcast, we are strictly focusing on basketball. Now, all of those crazy variables are in play when we're making these predictions. But we've come here today to predict the eight games uh, that the Celtics will play and then their uh, future in the playoffs. And the Celtics come back July 31st, 6.30 p.m. The first game, they've had a couple scrimmages. Um, they're coming back. And it's 6.30. It's going to be fantastic. People are going to be excited. Giannis might play. He's a he's a pretty good player, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. <laughs> what do you guys think happens in that first game? Okay, before we continue, I just want to state that, yes, this is a stupid idea. Yes, we know this is a stupid idea. 
But it's a tradition, on, and we we make a great idea. We make <laughs> greatness out of stupidity. We've been doing that's, stupid ideas for years. We make now. greatness out of stupidity. Um, <laughs> that's a hell of a podcast tagline. Yeah, that, that might be that might that's, be our new motto. Anything we is possible. We make greatness out of stupidity. Yeah, so this has been a tradition. I think. What have we predicted the last three seasons like I this? Think, I think where we go through all eighty-two and. All, None of us predicted that a global pandemic would shut down this season. So clearly, I don't well, know. no, I think I, I think I had that, but I thought it was only going to be a short shutdown. Oh, we got to go. Re- we got to listen to that again. <laughs> but, but now it has, so we're here to re-predict the final eight games of the regular season. I find this to be an extraordinarily helpful exercise for everybody. I'm fully on board. Well, this one. This one might be like the most relevant or like the one that like is most accurate because it's like a short like season. We've got evidence. We've got evidence. It's a dumb idea. Okay. I I was trying to just I was I was trying to justify it, but like given the small sample size of it, it's possible that this one could have the most relevance and we might like know what the most we're talking about. With that being said, None of us have any idea how any of these teams are going to come back and perform. And so it's complete poppycock. And so Eh. who knows what's going to happen? We just have to assume based on what we've seen in the regular season. And then we'll choose to factor in whatever other things that we think are going to factor in um, going into this. So like the Celtics versus the Bucks, the Celtics played the Bucks twice very early on in the season, once in Milwaukee, Three times, even uh, if I'm guessing correctly, I don't even remember. You guys are the reporters. You guys are the gumshoes. Uh, what's the Celtics' records against the Bucks this year? I remember two games. Uh, I know. Well, they, I think they were going to play. They were in Milwaukee to play the third one when things got shut down. That's the, that's this one that they're going to play. So the Celtics lost in Milwaukee, one twenty-eight to one twenty-three. In they won early January. I thought they had a game before then. Oh yeah, yeah. They beat in like the fourth game of the season. Uh, yeah. What was yeah, that? One, they came back. I believe Jalen Brown did not play, and the Celtics came flying back in the second half and put on quite a show. Gordon Hayward, big second half. So this is the this is the third matchup. It's the Bucks. They're very good. They have the best defense in the league. They give up a lot of threes. The Celtics have played them well. I mean, they got the Giannis stopper, Shemi Ojale. You think he's going to get a lot of minutes? It's going to be. Nope. It's going to be interesting because both teams give up a lot of three-point shots, and it's like this is the first game of the actual basketball. One, how much are like minutes and how much are they going balls to the wall? But two, just like what are people's shooting levels at and what is the touch? I'm going to be a big homer and say Celtics win. Uh, 102-97. I will also say the Celtics win. Um, I don't know what the final score is going to be, but here's why I think the Celtics Howard. win. Coward. All right. Uh, it, well, I, I'll say like ninety-two to eighty because it's going to be a. I, I think this is like the first real yeah, game that I, I, I'm, I'm banking on right now. Poor shooting, and Milwaukee is if they're not hitting their threes, they're in trouble. Uh, I think the Celtics have uh, ways to score without hitting their threes, although. That's not necessarily always going to be true, but I think with everybody healthy, they're they're going to find ways to create lanes and and get get some get some buckets. Also, I think and and maybe the bigger thing is Milwaukee has nothing to play for. This is essentially an extension of their regular season games and uh, their their preseason exhibition games. And while they need to ramp up guys' minutes, there's really no need to go too crazy to try and win this game. I think they're going to they're going to try other combinations. They're going to try, you know, getting getting certain guys minutes up. They they have an insurmountable lead for the top seed. They they have no reason to go too crazy. Uh so I think I think the style of play, what Milwaukee's trying to accomplish, it will have nothing to do with winning the game and the Celtics their continuity their, you know, their versatility, uh, I think, is going to help help them win an ugly game. I'm going Celtics lose 55-51. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding about the final score, but I do think I'm with John. There is going to be some ugly, ugly basketball played in this bubble. Shooting will be bad. Players haven't been able to play basketball. They haven't been able to shoot on basketball hoops. Yeah, but isn't that, isn't that even across all things, or do you think just Giannis wins out? Uh, well, here's the thing. I think that's even across all things, but I also think the Bucks are like perfectly – positioned to take advantage of a world where shooting doesn't work anymore because all they do is force teams to shoot threes and all they do is take away the easier buckets and i just think if if i'm right that shooting goes way down i think that benefits milwaukee Okay, but what if the Lopez brothers are so distracted by the fact that they're in Disney World that they Brooke can no longer offer proper rim protection? That's a valid concern. That's possible. That's possible. My other prediction is that in this 50, what I say, 59, 52, 55, 52, whatever it was that I said, Kemba Walker is going to have 40 points announcing himself as healthy. Jason Tatum is going to go scoreless. And there's gonna... <laughs> announcing himself as not not participating because he, he didn't have a basketball hoop for a month. No, that that that's just a dumbass joke. A really bad one. Yes, it was. Hey, yo, fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Let me tell you, boys, you need to look good. You need to be Manscaped. And Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your Full body grooming game. They have changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That Perfect Package kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower, which is waterproof, a cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formations. Formations? Formulations? Wow, they got formations and formulations at Manscaped to round out your routine. It's the best trimmer on the market if you need a chest shave, and it has skin-safe technology to reduce incidents and accidents, which we do not want. And so you can adjust settings. You can use the crop cleanser um, to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, and you'll have all of this in the Manscaped uh, 3.0 package. So right now, if you want to get 20% off and free shipping, you can use the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, a shed travel bag, which is a $39 value, and, and folks, not or, the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. These are free gifts, folks. You just don't come across this every day. So if you want to do that, go to manscaped.com today and use promo code THEATHLETIC. Get Manscaped for the summer. Look good. All right, moving on to the next game. The Celtics play the Portland Trailblazers. 3.30 p.m. start on a Sunday, so it's it's a day game. Portland is playing for trying to make it into that eighth seed um, going to be curious who's on the team, but uh, who do you guys have in the uh, Trailblazers versus the Celtics second game of the the rebubble? I'm going to I'm going to say Celtics lose this one. This is this Woo! is going to be. Um, I think Portland Portland really is trying to play for something. So I think and, and are them, they though? Are they really going to give a give a shit about that playoff spot? I well. I don't think Dame Lillard's going to come in there and like not care. So they're going in there with the chance to do something meaningful and at least get into the, the, the play in tournament. Now, what were they three and a half games out? So they only have to make up one and a half games to get into a play in tournament. So I, I think they, they want to get in there. And once you're in this, this year, especially I think Portland and they're healthy. They got Collins back. They got Nurkic back. If anything is going to hold them back, it's it's a, a lack of continuity, like working Nurkic back in. But I I think Dame is is going to be hungry. So and I don't think Brad Stevens is is a hundred percent focused on winning all of these games. I think he also has ulterior motives, trying to to get certain guys minutes up, trying to to work on certain combinations. I don't think he cares so much about going for that second seed. I think he feels comfortable in that third seed. I think he feels comfortable. He should feel comfortable that Philly's going to leapfrog Indy. 
Um, and and I don't think he's worried that much about that. So I think Portland, this is going to be one of those Portland wants it more type of games. I think the Celtics beat the Blazers. My yeah. my hot take on the 29 and 37 Blazers is that they're not great at basketball. <laughs> Even though they will get Collins Ooh. and Nurkic back, I don't trust King, take Haver. I don't trust that either of them will be in game shape. And while other players won't either, I think it matters that they both missed huge chunks of basketball and haven't played a game in so long. I think they don't have enough wings at all. And especially they don't have enough wings to guard Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, and Carson Edwards. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> you nearly slipped that one in there. Almost, almost. I know. But here, my question: I don't is, think how much. I don't how think they're going to be motivated. Brad's in it to win it. I don't think he's in it like full tilt, but he's still going to play those top guys at least like twenty five minutes. I just don't think the Trailblazers are one, as Jay mentioned, that good. And I just don't buy that they're going to be motivated. Are they going to like really come in just to get their ass kicked by like to get to the playing tournaments just so they can get their asses kicked by the Lakers? Like it feels like the Pelicans and the Kings have they like something to play for. Way. Do they? I feel like it's, it's at some point that kicks in is like, or am I? It's the fourth quarter. Am I going to bust my ass for this? And I think the Celtics are just a better team. And who do the Trailblazers have to stop Tatum, uh, or Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown? They just don't have the wings. I just think it's the Trailblazers. They even if they are trying. I think the Celtics would still win, and I question if they're going to try. So I think I'm going to have to clock that in as a Celtics win. I'm already telling right now that the Celtics are going to um, go 8-0 in my book. <laughs> there's, just no, there's no way they could lose. But they have a pretty big game coming up against the Miami Heat after that. Uh, Heat are the fourth seed. They have a chance to actually pass the Celtics, uh, but they are currently two and a half games back, but – they that could drastically improve the kind of their chances. The Heat will be motivated. We know the Heat are going to come in with in shape because of their under whatever four percent body fat. <laughs> Celtics Heat uh, on a Tuesday, six thirty p.m. in prime time. Jay King, who do you have winning this game? I've got Celtics in this one. I think. Tell me why. This is the game. Jason Tatum hits his stride. I don't know why, but I feel like the challenge of playing against Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder and all these wings that people think give the Heat a better chance in the Eastern Conference will convince Tatum to have 40-something points. He will obliterate the Heat. That is my prediction. I also say the Celtics win. I will say the Celtics because this this one is actually an important game. So and Tatum didn't play in their their last game. So uh, and I I think I think the the moves that the the Heat made are are, are a little overrated. I, I just I don't think I don't think they're quite as dangerous. I mean they're they're good, but I don't think they're quite as dangerous as people make them out to be. So um, this is one where the Celtics if they lose this they they put that third seed into into peril. I, I think the, this is one where they'll want to flex a little bit. And uh, I think, I think they win this one and win it easily. Ooh, the easy. Yeah. The easy. heat just don't big the 20 point win is like, do you think Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder drastically improve the heat's defense? Like they, I'm just thinking back to the Celtics when they played in Miami Jay King looking like a lobster, just roasted by a sunburn, just absolutely <laughs> I was just very beat rad. red. And the the Heat just had too many lineups that featured Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, and they just didn't oh, have the defense. That, and that yet yeah, I think that was a racial comment, but it it just felt like the white boys on the Heat could not play defense and just could not keep up down the stretch. And it's like, do you think they've improved that much by adding Iguodala and Jay Crowder? And the thing is, like, you take away so much from their, I think, their offensive potential by putting those guys on the court. So I agree. Celtics win, obviously. Um, but I just don't think the Heat have what it takes as, like, two-way players. Jay King hates the idea of a two, two-way player. But it no, feels I'm, like I'm they okay. have. I'm okay with 
two-way players, like saying two-way player, like guy who can defend and play offense, where I'm not okay with it is when people act like like Paul George is a better two-way player than LeBron James or somebody else. No, your biggest beef is James Harden. Like, no, just because James, James Harden, yeah. Or, or is Paul George is not a better two-way player than James Harden. James Harden is a far better basketball player no matter what he does on the defensive end. That's my qualm. I didn't want to get into that tonight. But <laughs> we got into it. But I, but I don't, I don't that, buy I into it. That's the problem with the Heat. I, I don't buy into Andre Iguodala being able to do uh, to, to to defend these guys. He's played 14 games, 14 games this season. So his layoff has been even longer. It's, but everyone's he, kind of on his level now. Well, That's no, but true. I, it's a great the great neutralizer. I don't know. I, I I don't. I just. I think he's going to be off. I just don't think he's going to be. I, I don't think he's going to be NBA ready. John, I just don't think that's just ageism, bro. You're just looking at a guy and judging him purely because of his age. And on this podcast, for you to do that, I think is a bit hypocritical. The game has Ooh, passed me by. Man. The game has passed me by a long time ago. But that's okay. I'm, John, what was your? Do you, you think the Celtics win or lose that game? I, I, you, you're on the win column, correct? I said, I said they win this game easily. Yeah, they win, the, win the, They could win this game by up? by twenty wins across the board. You know, you guys can see my uh, documentation here. It's, it's difficult to kind of try to just. Yeah, I'm a trained trained data data professional. Yeah, I you know I can do some Excel tricks. The next game is against Brooklyn. That team's decimated. I feel like it's an automatic Man. win. I feel like Karsten Edwards and Tremont Waters. Should play and Win. would be whatever the Brooklyn Nets put out there. Win. This is, yeah, that that game's going to be an opportunity for Brad Stevens to put the bench players in. That's pretty know. much the Grant Williams uh, power hour. I mean, Taco might get some minutes, some Time Lord minutes. Who's even left on the Nets roster? Is it just Jared Allen? I mean. Karis LeVert, who dropped, what, 50-piece on the Celtics? At least 900 points that night he scored. <laughs> all in the fourth so we, quarter in OT. So that all was, of us are are doubting that Karis LeVert can do the repeat performance. I, I highly doubt that he's going to repeat that performance. But it was still That's one fair. of the most insane performances I've ever seen. Just yeah, in the fourth quarter. Oh, my night. God. And the Celtics right, next so bad. They were really bad down the stretch. It was just god-awful. Next game. This is going to be a huge game. 9 p.m. Prime time. Friday night. Uh, I guess is that the 7th? Uh, August 7th. Yeah, that's the month we're going to be in. Toronto Raptors. The two seed. Uh, the Celtics are currently, quick math, three games back. But in Jamland, they just won four in a row. Who knows what the Raptors have done? You have to listen to a Raptors podcast to predict their first four games. But this is going to be this is probably going to be the most exciting game in the in the kind of return for the Celtics. I would think just because it's how they match up. Uh, the Bucks happens too early, but this is like in the zone. I think the Raptors are a very good team. They're a veteran team. They're a team that's won a lot. The huge thing is about the Celtics Raptors matchup is I feel like home court has been a huge factor. Like the Celtics beat the Raptors this year on was that Christmas day. And that was the first time they beat them in Toronto in a long time. There's a whole mic'd up event. Jalen was talking to Kyle Lowry about it. Home court has been a huge thing. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on a neutral court. I think the Celtics lose this game. You know, they're coming in off four straight wins. They're flying high. And the Raptor, the Raptors. You already, come you and, already said you're predicting eight. No, now you're. I said you're it was likely, and now I've reconsidered. I don't think I'm flip flopping. I just think you know circumstances change, and I realized you're not a man I said I'm wishy washy. You know what? That's okay. It, like people villainize John Kerry for flip flopping, but new information comes aboard, and you make a new decisions. I don't. There think is you have no to be- new information. In <laughs> you are just a liar, my friend. Wow. Is this yeah, because no, is got, this because he went on the Geno Time podcast? Is this beef? I I, I forgot about addressing that. <laughs> um, yeah, he went on a a third rate Celtics podcast. Whoa. Third rate. So. I did, and I spewed my takes there. But I do think the Raptors are quite good, and 
I mean, if the Celtics win the first four, you know, there's there's going to be some layoff. They're just not going to be uh, as in it to win it. And so I think they, they there's a possibility to lose this game. And so, you know, just being a data guy, playing the odds, I think, like, they have a greater likelihood of losing this game. And so I'm in the prediction business. I'm going to say loss. I'm, I'm I have not been able to come to a decision on this game because I feel like <laughs> no decision. This is uh, no, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk myself into one. So I feel like this is going to be one of those games where. The Celtics should win, but somehow this is going to be like a fourth quarter. Brad Stevens puts Kemba in way too late and the Celtics lose and people flip out because they say, why did Brad Stevens do this? And afterwards, he's going to say something like, hey, you know, it's about August 17th, not August 7th. And uh, so. Well, it it really depends on how close they are in the standings, because Uh, this is a big game. They win this game. If it's close, like. They get the tiebreaker and like, what if the Raptors have like, if it's in striking distance, I think they play it completely differently because there's a huge difference between playing the Pacers and or Sixers in the first round or playing the Nets or the Magic. And so I think it like takes on greater importance depending on what the first four games are. I just think that the Raptors are also going to win and the Celtics are going to be a, a couple games back. And it's just on the Raptors are a tough matchup. And I, I don't know if the Celtics have. I don't know. I just don't. I think that if the Celtics and uh, Raptors played a hundred times, like the Celtics would probably win like 55 out of 45. I just think they're very evenly matched teams. And so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying not to be a homer. I, I, uh, I don't I, You got me speechless, Jay. You talk now. I, I got you. John, <laughs> John, you, you said something that I, I found was interesting, which is that Brad Stevens is going to look ahead to August 17th, which is the date the playoffs start. I found it interesting that in his first Zoom call appearance since the NBA resumption was announced, he already said, you know what, these eight regular season games don't count. Like that that was yeah. basically the messaging to the players, to everybody, was that whatever happens in these eight games does not matter. And I found that interesting because obviously, like, yes, that that is true. Um like the playoffs matter far more than whatever could happen in the regular season. The Celtics are probably going to be the third seed, no matter what, like their things would have to go pretty bad or pretty good for them to, to move one way or another in the seedings. But I feel like it showed a level of trust in his team and maybe I'm reading too far into it, but he trusts that this team will like, like put in the steps to building back the habits that they showed earlier in the season. And he trusts that they'll use these eight games for good. Whereas last season, I don't think he would have made that same message. I don't think he would have been like these eight games don't matter. I don't think he would have told Kyrie Irving, like we're just punting on these eight games. They they don't, they're irrelevant to us. We only care about the playoffs because I think he was really concerned about that team. I think even with this layoff, he doesn't have those concerns about this Celtics roster and he has a lot more trust that the players will put in the work regardless of the messaging that he puts puts out there. Yeah, I I I picked up on the same thing we all did. Um and that's why I think that some of these games like this game in particular I feel like it's going to mean a lot more to Toronto. And in in these games oh, like, he's talked himself in, into the Raptors win. I did. I've already you already put me down for a loss, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't. I didn't even remember that. I must have spaced out. You did. It's, once again, not listening to what I, I say on a podcast. I must have spaced out. <laughs> another another hallmark. Talking, I, I tuned out. Another hallmark of the the rain and Jays is Jay Jay King tuning out when I'm talking. If you were to guess, just on average, how many days people in the United States have to wait to see a doctor? What would you say? A week. I mean, uh, on average, it's actually 29 days that people need to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, one full month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you're not going to want to wait 29 days. You want treatment ASAP. That's why we have our friends at Roman. They have spent years 
decades maybe. I don't think actually decades, but it felt more important than years, but definitely years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. They just make it convenient to get treatment to you on your schedule. All you have to do is grab your phone, your computer, you set up a free consultation with a licensed physician. They're going to get back to you within 24 hours. And if they decide that treatment is right for you, they can ship you medication. Our friends at Roma can ship you medication within two days. That's free two-day shipping with unlimited follow-ups with your doctor at any time if you have any questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. There's no commitments. You can cancel at any time. So if you're struggling with ED and you don't want to wait 29 days, you want that 72-hour treatment, go to GetRoman.com slash Celtics for a free online visit and two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Celtics for a free online visit, free two-day shipping. And you know what? You can figure it all out within 72 hours. Before I give my own prediction for this one, I want to just use this opportunity to beg for a Celtics Raptors playoff series. Oh, that would be fun. That has been years in the making. The Celtics and Raptors have had very similar records for years. They have been on the different side of playoff brackets for years. It is it hasn't happened. They haven't played each other. Just wait for it, Jay. We're going to talk about it in the playoffs because I need, my, I I've need, done all the calculations. I, I need Kemba versus, versus Kyle Lowry. I need the Raptors small backcourt with Van Vliet, my, my guy Van Vliet, and Lowry against, <laughs> against all the size the Celtics have on the wing. I need Pascal Siakam versus Jason Tatum. I need it all. I need that series. I think that would be one of my favorite series the NBA could put out this summer or this fall or whenever the hell it would happen. (laughs) It could happen. It could happen. Three seed, two seed. Now, Jay, talking about spacing out, I completely well, – did you predict a, a no, win I did loss not. on this game? I, I have not I, yet predicted what I so, that. So what happened? The the Celtics will beat the Raptors. Hundred win for the Celtics. Hundred five to ninety seven. Okay. Oh, so they're they're threatening that two seed. Uh, their next game is against the Orlando Magic a Sunday, five p.m. start in Orlando. Does Orlando have any home court advantage? I went to Orlando this year. Um, not a lot of fans there, but a lot of. Like the mascot's very interesting, and they let me sit very close to the court. So I don't know how that really impacts anything, <laughs> uh, but I think the Celtics win with ease because the Magic have nothing to play for and don't have a lot of talent. <laughs> I think I also agree that the Celtics win this game. I'm I'm going on the other side of history. What? I am, I'm predicting the Celtics the wrong side of history. After, after beating the Raptors, I think the Celtics will just. Let it go a little. They they won't be fully there, and the Magic are like they're a, they're not a very entertaining team, but they are good enough to beat a team if it doesn't bring it. I will tell you that Vucevic had a real terrible game against the Celtics in Orlando, but he has the potential to hurt the Celtics just because he's bigger than Tice and like. But how many times things. have the Celtics been really hurt by post players this season? Like the one Joel Embiid game. I'll give you the one Joel Embiid game where he was the best fucking player in the world. But what other <laughs> post players are there in the league? I think like, but like Lamarcus Aldridge had an awful game against the Celtics that I remember. Um, plus, I mean, he's Vucevic, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was a close game. They needed they needed a, like a run from Gordon Hayward to score like seven points in a row. Like it was it was a pretty ugly basketball game. I think Tatum and Brown were hurt, so uh, that what's made it much closer. But I just remember a, a six-minute stretch where Vinny Sexpants was in, and it was bad. Oh, and I so, don't remember that stretch. Oh, was that, that. A, was that the Kem Birch, where Kem Birch also, like, dominated? Oh, for, like, yeah. Three or four minutes. Like, the, the Magic Kem Birch little, can be that dude from time to time. I think the fully healthy Celtics can take over the – like, take down the Magic easy, but, it like, they're a little bit – they're a little bit frisky. Okay. How okay? We're we're on the topic of post play. We'll get to the playoffs later. 
I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that topic for our playoff discussion. Ooh, that's what you call a tease. Uh, all right, moving on. Grizzlies Tuesday night, six thirty p.m. I believe this is the only Celtics game that's not on national television, but I may be wrong. Um, they got John Do Morant. For the draft they got, pick, bruh. This is a, the big draft win pick it for game. The draft I, pick. So what do you think happens, Jay? Do you think they win it for the draft pick? I think they don't give a shit what happens with the draft pick, the players. Uh, but I do think they'll beat the Grizzlies for the draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they beat the Grizzlies. John Morant had his worst game as a pro playing in Boston. He was awful. And that is the only piece of evidence I have for which to kind of base the next game. And that is a, admittedly a small sample size, but um, it was garbage. And so I believe that will repeat itself. I, I think it'll get I, a little bit better, but maybe he's a, maybe Brad Stevens is a jaw whisperer. Well, I, I, I don't, th- I don't think they have, I, I just don't think they have the talent. I think after the trade, um, they, they kind of threw enough, uh, enough of a curveball there that it, it's it's hurting them a little bit that I think the trade kind of messed them up a little bit. I do wonder how Justice Winslow is going to impact that team if he's healthy, if he's going to participate, how he might help that team, but it's still not enough. They they are they are fun and all of that, but they're still not great and I think that as fun as they can be, there's there's they're just not going to be able to stop the Celtics. I think the Celtics can can whip off like one of those like 38 to 18 quarters and just cruise from there. Yeah, I just think the Grizzlies don't have any shooting whatsoever. The the, uh, the bubble problem. The play-in format in the bubble just that is so bad for the Grizzlies. I I know they'll They'll end up probably having to to win just one game versus two to whoever their opponent is in the playoff game if a playoff game happens or a play-in game. But they were going to cruise to the play. Like, they were probably well on their way to a playoff spot. And now I think uh, I'm, I'm just not convinced they're going to make the playoffs anymore, which would benefit the Celtics, who would then get a little better draft pick. Probably, assuming the lottery doesn't nothing crazy happened in the lottery. But would you rather would you rather have them get the lottery luck and and get a top six pick and then just flip it to an unprotected pick next year? I think if you're the Celtics, yes, yeah, Yeah, that is what you want because next year's draft is said to be a lot better than this year's draft. This year's draft, from everything I've heard, is just comically right. So even if you get the 14th pick next year and it was the 14th pick next year the 14th the, the 14th pick next year it should be better but and i i'm not going to get bogged down in grizzlies talk but i i think that they're going to take a step backwards next year Ooh. It'd be just like, here first it'd be just like the kings they're they're fun and all of this stuff i, I think once the pressure's on it's going to change the dynamic a little bit but anyway celtics win this game it's like it's how motivated are the Grizzlies to like it feels Doesn't like it, they're gonna be in a like the play in game no matter what. I mean the trip like yeah, I mean I agree the they're not good, but it's gonna be interesting to see like what the what the implications are at that point. Um just considering that like, that's gonna be complete that's the end of the eight the seven of eight games, they're gonna be positioning for that last spot. I kind of like the idea of the play-in playoff. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I I like it. I hope the Pelicans are playing are one of those teams just so we can see Zion and things like that. I think the league wants the Pelicans to be there. I can you. I've already predicted Tony Brothers to be uh, in on a lot of Pelicans games. Scott Foster will probably be there too. Um, but it's going to be interesting. But I agree, the Grizzlies are not good. Um, just like the next team, the Celtics are going to play. The Washington Wizards, where it's unclear. Bradley Beal is apparently traveling to Orlando, but it's they have not confirmed whether he's going to play. Celtics, this game probably is not doesn't mean anything for them unless the Raptors have really sucked and they're playing for the possible. Or two the Heat seed. have really gotten hot. 
Yeah, or the Heat have won the like seven in a row. And so, but I'm imagining that they're probably locked into the three seed at this point. They're not going to be playing um, all of their guys' long minutes. But with that being said, Bertans is not going to play. It's probably Beal's not going to play. Like, is this just the Mo Wagner game? Because other than that, I still think I, I've complete homerism and faith in the Celtics that they can beat the whatever the Wizards are at this point in the, in the season. Well, look, it, it, you don't have to make up. They're what four and a half games out. Could be no, the five, five and a half game. games out. They're five and a half games out, but they don't have to make up five and a half games. And Brooklyn is so decimated that maybe Brooklyn falls to a, to such a degree that it opens things up. You you just got to get within two games. So they have three and a half games to make up, which is doable. I think in this, it's not it's not great, but. Washington has. They have to. They have to, they have to have won six of eight, like six of seven before this game. Well, say they come out and lose the first three, then they're just like, "This means I, nothing. This is a right. nonsense game." Let's I also, play Troy Brown. I also think what they what date is this? So it's the thirteenth. Well, you know, if the Celtics if the Celtics have a few days off, I mean, maybe maybe what he does is maybe Brad plays his starters for like a half or gives, gives them like, or everybody plays like the first quarter and then gives them good 12, good 12 minutes or maybe a good 20 minutes and then sits. Um, it's hard to say what, what the Celtics do as far as playing, but I still think that no matter who the Celtics throw out there, they'll still, they'll still beat Washington. This would be like the, the Washington game a couple of seasons ago where they started, who'd they start in that game? That was like the the end that of bench all stars. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else was in there? Um, what's had, his face? That, that's somebody had like a huge game. Now I got to go back and see. Yabu. <laughs> but but the the Wizards are going to tank in the bubble. There is going to be bubble tanking, and it is going to be by the Washington Wizards. They. But Bertans has already decided he's not going to play. Bradley Beal has gone back and forth about whether he wants to play. And if he doesn't play, they are downright horrible. I believe the Celtics will be locked into the third seed by this point. I believe they will not play their best players. And I believe that Tremont Waters versus Ish Smith is going to be absolutely <laughs> electric. Tremont Waters versus Ish Smith is the point guard battle nobody ever knew they needed, but will give the world great joy. Ish Smith has always been a Celtics killer, but I predict that Waters has the first double-double of his NBA career and the Celtics win by seven Ooh. points. I buy that. Here's here's the uh, the starting lineup from that game that I was talking about. Shemi, Time Lord, Yabu, Rozier, Jalen Brown, PJ Dozier got 37 minutes off the bench. Brad Wanamaker, RJ expert. Yeah, RJ Hunter played 25 and a half minutes, scored 17 points, and Tice played like 13 minutes. But that that's it. And that's the game that Bradley Beal actually played 15 minutes, so he can solidify his like. Like 20 points and five rebounds, like the first wizard ever to do that or something like that. Anyway, that's the type of game we're looking at. That's the type of game we're looking at. Waters versus Ish Smith. I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible. The bubble where amazing happens. Bubble Ish Smith. All this Ish Smith talk makes me want to switch my prediction because he is an absolute Celtics killer, but... I can't do that because then we would all agree on the final record. Right now, it's coming in where I have the Celtics going seven and one in their eight games, and both John and Jay have the Celtics at six and two. Uh, one pretty much away. locked into that. Go for it. One takeaway of this exercise: the Celtics schedule, considering that only playoff teams and possible playoff teams are invited to this bubble, the Celtics schedule is very, very easy. Yeah, like they have the Blazers, Nets. There's Magic. three tough games. Yeah, they play Milwaukee, the Heat, and the Raptors, and those are the three tough games. And we each have them two and one in those games. 
Like that's that's pretty much it. It's like it's going to come down to that. They really should beat the Trailblazers, the Nets, the Magic, the Grizzlies, and the Wizards. Like those should be easy wins, no matter if Brad is like taking games off. The Celtics should still win those games. Taco. I agree. Taco. Oh yes, Taco. What, what's Taco? What's the Taco experience going to be like when there are no fans to go insane for Taco? Brad's what? not going to put him in. Brad has been completely peer pressured by the fans by putting him before. He's not going to do it anymore because no, Mark is uh, smart. Going to finally stay true. Mark is smart. It's going to start a "We Want Taco" <laughs> chant on the bench. That would be amazing if the Celtics were up like twenty something and the bench started chanting "We Want Taco." And Vincent Porter not only starts the, weeping because all his teammates <laughs> want a G Not only the bench is chanting, but I, over him. Vinny I'm hoping DNP. that like the Lakers and the Jazz are in the crowd and they're chanting "We want Taco" because like there yes. hopefully there's some fans. I do think they could get a "We want Taco" chant with whoever's in attending. So over under on games, what if Taco LeBron, Fall plays in the first eight? What if LeBron is just Taco in the Fall. stands chanting for Taco Fall? That would be awesome. Or just like chirping Brad Stevens. Like, you're really going to call that play called Brad? Brad, stop being a dickhead. Put in taco. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? How many games do you think Taco Fall plays in? I think the over-under is one and a half. What do you think? What do you choose? I'll, I'll take the over. Because he's definitely playing against Washington, and I think that they smoke. Okay, the over-under is two and a half. <laughs> Uh, at what point? At what point do you think it, it stops? Where? Where is? Where would Vegas set the line? I think on Taco's I, appearances. I think. I think. Yeah, I, I. I. I think two and a half would be the line because I definitely think he's getting into two of them. So I think he plays two games. I think he plays the Wizards game, and I think he plays. What was the Brooklyn game? Brooklyn probably. game was a back-to-back, right? Yeah. Yeah. He plays that one. There's no yeah. back-to-backs, do they? There is. Yeah. Oh, there's there's one back. Everybody plays one. Yeah. Miami, Brooklyn's a back-to-back. Oh, yeah. The, the Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think the line's at two and a half games. I'm going to take the over because I think Brad's going to be super, super conservative and the Celtics will be up by a lot, especially against the Magic, the Grizzlies, and the Wizards. But so, I have them going seven and one. You guys have them both going six and two. Pretty much uh, seals the deal for the three seed. I guess that's the question. I think I promised at the start of this episode that we would be going into the playoffs, but we've reached the podcast point where it's just, it would be insane to do so and not kind of split into a new episode. So I'm going to, we're going to slow pump the brakes there. But before we go, I do want to know one, do you think the Celtics finished the game with a three seed? And if so, who do you think they play? Will uh, who do you think will be the sixth seed uh, for the first round of the playoffs? I think it's the third seed, and they'll face the Pacers. Yeah, I think they'll be the third seed, and I think they'll play the Pacers because the Seventy Sixers are they have the easiest schedule or one of the easiest schedules in the bubble. The the path for them to overtake the Pacers is clear. Brett Brown has said that Joel Embiid is in great shape. I don't trust the Sixers, but I also think that they'll do enough to beat out the Pacers. And then the Pacers Celtics will be like mildly competitive, but also the Pacers will never really have a chance. Yeah. I feel like the same. Who knows? I feel oh, like sorry. I was just going to comment out. on Vic, Victor Oladipo. I want to talk, John. Let me talk. It's your podcast, man. I got to back <laughs> off, man. Sorry. I was just going to say I don't. I don't think Victor Oladipo is going to going to play. But your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I stepped back for that. No, I I, I feel like the Sixers are going to come in like hot. Like Ben Simmons is going to come in hot, and 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 Bede's going to come in hot, and they're they're going to feel great, and they're going to they're going to do great in this regular season, these seeding games, and then they're going to remember that they don't like each other, and things are going to fall apart. And so the first round, they're going to get the five seed. Jimmy Butler's going to come in. He's going to be on the Heat in the four seed. Really, just like getting Joel's head. He's a master manipulator. I think I that'll be that the most fascinating too. series. That series will be amazing. If that could happen uh, in the first, that would be probably the most uh, interesting first round series. But I agree, Celtics. I think are going to get the three seed. They're going to play the Pacers. It's almost like 
these eight games are, are meaningless because the outcome is <laughs> predetermined. Uh, and what are the odds that Jimmy Butler, if he plays the 76ers, ends up face to face with Brett Brown on the sideline after making a big shot? All, Here's a big all. question Are they in the same hotel? They're not. I think the Heat are in the winner's hotel, right? And the uh, Sixers, <laughs> the Sixers are in the mid-range or in, you, in you, mid's yeah. hotel. You only brought that up to disparage the 76ers. You wanted to put as much Sixers slander in this podcast as you no. could. Oh, let me tell you, I own multiple shirts that say shoot a three coward. I would love to slander the Sixers. <laughs> I was actually thinking that the uh, the hotel placement is a, an important in terms of Jimmy Butler's uh, mind games, if he's not in the same hotel, I think that's advantage Sixers. If he is in the same hotel, I think that's advantage uh, Heat. But Jimmy Butler's going to yell at Brett Brown at something, and Brett Brown's just going to be a cool harbor master and deal with it in stride because uh, he's <laughs> a, a cool Mainer on, from Australia. But um, it's going to be fascinating because that's the other thing about like team dynamics. I don't think the Sixers have great chemistry in terms of like – I just don't think – this is wild conjecture, wild conjecture. I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like each other that much. And so maybe that will play out in the uh, kind of bubble where you're forced to kind of hang out with these guys. Uh, I think it's going to doom the Utah Jazz. They don't like each other. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be recruited to the Celtics. That's another crazy theory. Um, I think they're going to trade Gordon Hayward for him. But like, we'll get into that. You're, later. Re- you're really going to start that thing, aren't you? You're going to try to post that oh, into it's, existence. It's been started. Yeah. I think I think it's it's natural, but hotel dynamics are going to be part of the the system assessment we need to do here. And I feel like I've lost my point, but I'm going to keep talking until I kind of <laughs> get back. back to it. Ultimately, I think the uh, the Heat Sixers will be a fascinating series. I think the the Sixers will ultimately prevail, but Jimmy Butler will definitely cause some sort of shenanigans. Um, but everything's setting up for the the great series that Jay King wants is Raptors uh, Celtics in round two. I need that. I need that. I think those are two really evenly matched teams. I think they both rely on some of the same strengths in versatility and strong coaching. And I would just love to see that series. I feel bad for the Raptors because they had such a good regular season and they would have had home court advantage in that series if it happened. And now home court advantage doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. I think we should, we will wrap it up here. I think we can, it's a very dumb exercise to predict all eight games. And, but, and I don't think I'm willing to go out of stupidity. We make greatness out of stupidity, and I'm not willing to be as stupid to individually predict every single playoff game as I initially intended when we started this podcast. But I think we should wrap it up here. And I was just thinking about this because I was looking at the 538 odds about the Celtics' chances of making the finals and then winning the finals. Uh, What do you guys think the Celtics' chances are to kind of make it out of the East and win this tournament given that there's no home court advantage given all the circumstances right now 538 has them as a 21 percent chance of um making the finals compared to the sixers they say 33 percent the bucks 37 percent and they give the raptors a nine percent chance which feels like a real slap in the face of the raptors but uh what do you think chances are to kind of make it out of the east and kind of represent the east in the finals assuming no COVIDs. No, it's just basketball. Right. It's an AAU tournament. I feel like they have the second best chance behind Milwaukee. Give me an exact uh, number. Exact exact number. Uh, they have a thirty-four percentage number because Let me tell you, the percentage number probability are complete bullshit, and landing on an exact number is dumb, and we shouldn't trust any of those figures. But give me an exact number: thirty-four percent. Shout out Paul Pierce. 16, Lock it in. J, J King. 16%. 16%. I think. Uh, the, 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 hold on. This is a making the finals or winning the final? Making the finals. Just winning the East. This is winning the East. Winning the East. 16%. Uh, the Bucks have a greater than 50% chance. The Raptors and Celtics have very similar chance. And then. Because weird things could happen this year, like 
I think there are a few other teams that could potentially have a chance if like things just a get batshit crazy. I I'm think putting, the six, okay, the, six so have a the, the margin the margin of error is just much larger because it's batshit okay. crazy land. Yeah, two. Uh, the Sixers have a non-zero chance, and the Heat have a non-zero chance. And I'm putting my faith in Jason Tatum. All right. Is, putting, is, is Tatum the second best player in the Eastern Conference? Right that's is that's that's this, what I'm going to put my faith playoff. in. I'm, that's what I'm saying that Jason Tatum, I have faith in Tatum ascending to becoming the second best player in the East and demonstrating that in these in these seeding games. So and, 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 and you're and saying Giannis players. is one. Yeah. And I'm going to say I'm gonna two, Tatum is two. Joel Embiid is not at Tatum's level. I'm going to say that for this for these playoffs I don't I think Tatum is going to be better. Now that's a different conversation here's, here's, thing. Here's like, what I'm going to do. Is, I'm whatever. Yeah, but I'm going to split the difference. I think Tatum is the third best player in these playoffs. But given the way we predicted this in the this, entire playoffs the or just the Eastern happens, Conference. No, no, sorry, sorry, the Eastern Conference. Don't let's not do Western Conference. I think Embiid is going to be better, but I think the Bucks take down the Sixers and the Celtics. Given that Tatum is the third best player and Giannis is the first, I think the Celtics have enough talent around Tatum in Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward to overcome Giannis being number one. And that is their only path to kind of be in the finals. I think if the Celtics, I don't think the Celtics can make it through a, a, a playoffs where they beat the Sixers and then beat the Bucks. They need one of those two teams to take them out. And I actually like the Celtics' chances against the Bucks more than I like them against the Sixers. We've had this debate so many times. Jay's going to come back at me and say they can beat the Sixers. Daniel Tice is great. You know, that's what Daniel, that's what Jay's always arguing about how great Daniel Tice is, a plus player. Um, but I think, like, I think Tatum is the third best player in the East right now. And I, but I think the Celtics benefit from one or two taking each other out. Uh, I think. First of all, I think you're crazy to think the Celtics have a better chance against the Bucs than the 76ers from a simple standpoint of being that the Bucs are so much better than the 76ers that it doesn't matter what the matchups are. It doesn't matter that Joel Embiid is the singular force who should theoretically blast the Celtics in their greatest weakness. That just doesn't matter because the 76ers just aren't even nearly as good as the Bucs. Um, the Tatum, Tatum's place in the Eastern Conference, uh, I think, is is really important for the Celtics. And obviously, like, rankings don't really matter. Whether he's second or third in the East doesn't really matter. But for them to reach another level in their organizational um, kind of journey, he needs to be an absolute superstar. He needs to be like he was in February all the time. And these playoffs are most important for the Celtics. Well, one of the reasons that will be so important is what does Tatum do? Can he reach that level? Can he be that guy for them every game, game in, game out, during the playoffs against the top competition, no matter if he's playing Giannis, no matter if he's playing the talented 76ers, no matter if he's playing the pesky and versatile and competent Raptors, can he be that guy all the time, no matter the matchup? And that's that's the most important thing for the Celtics on their trajectory. And I think he's shown a lot of, a lot of evidence that suggests he's ready for it all and that he's only at the beginning of his climb. Um, and if that's true, that changes things for the Celtics. And if it starts to change during this playoff run, then they'll have a chance to make some serious, make a serious run. But then, you know, they're not going to beat the Bucks, or, you know, because the, the Bucks are so good. You're talking up both sides of your mouth, Jay King. I said they had a 16% <laughs> chance of making the finals. That's pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, no, I was just creating conflict for the sake of entertainment. Yeah, 
Yeah, you actually, know, I, I'm lowering it just because of that. Not even just because that. Just because <laughs> I, I I do think the Bucks have a much higher chance. I'm 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 lowering that to to 10 for the Celtics to make the finals. Well, then I'm raising it to 40. <laughs> percent just to counterbalance the Jay King it, idiocracy factor. If Jay he predicts one in, thing, the likelihood of the other thing happening goes that's up. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's science. Ten percent. All right. Chance. I think we've. I think. I think we've done enough damage here. I think once the playoffs start, we can obviously predict each individual game once that happens. But we've been talking for clearly like an hour now. Um, this is we've been talking for an hour and a half because we started this conversation on the Locked On Celtics podcast uh, that Woo. John hosts, the Daily Celtics podcast. Um, the and second so rate. If you want to listen to our stuff. Uh, the number one Celtics podcast. It's a second-rate Celtics podcast, but it comes out uh, almost every day. Whereas uh, the scarcity factor of the anything is potable is what makes it so great. But if you want to listen to us talking about uh, our thoughts on this uh, NBA returning, go tune into the Locked On Celtics podcast. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode of what was it, Jay? Is turning stupidity into greatness? I think this is a, the greatest example of that, um, where we've. Predicted all eight games. I have the Celtics going seven and one. Um, both Jay and John at six and two. Jay did a fine calculation. I think he calculated at fourteen percent chance the Celtics win the East. John had it at forty percent. <laughs> um, as a data professional, I'm not going to weigh in because I think it's a silly exercise, and I don't think uh, people should be asked percentages. I don't know who would ask that question. But uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Please listen, subscribe, do all the things that podcast hosts tell you to do, uh, and tell a friend, tell a pal, tell an enemy uh, where to get you the best Celtics content. And thank you for listening to this episode of Anything is Portable!